Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Genesis chapter number 22, and um, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5 this morning, and then we'll dig into this passage of Scripture and uh, go through the verse, verse number 14. But we're going to start in verse number 1 of Genesis chapter number 22, and we'll start in verse Number one, the Bible says this, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. That should be our response when God speaks. Amen? Here I am. He says, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, enclaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. This morning, I want to preach on this subject, keeping God first in our worship. Keeping God first in worship. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we're so thankful for who you are. Lord, as it's already been mentioned, as we've already read Colossians 1.18, God, we pray that you would have the preeminence in this service today. Lord, that you would be our main focus that you would be the one that is magnified and uplifted. Lord, help us to put aside all the distractions that we might have, all the cares and all the worries of tomorrow. And Lord, just put all that aside and focus on you this morning. Lord, we pray that you would meet with us, that you would speak to us, and that God, we would keep you first in our worship. We love you, Father, and we're so thankful for all that you've done. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Man, I tell you, this Jan- starting the month of January, a new year, you'd think there'd be more excitement. Maybe it's just the sickness going around, but sometimes I, I just feel I stand up here and we need to have a pep rally. Um, but we're not going to do that this morning, but I'm excited to be in God's house, and I pray that you are too, and looking forward to, to reading God's Word and studying His Word this war- morning. The word worship, it means reverence or worship. You see, when we worship God, what we are doing is we're saying God is worthy of all of our love. When we worship God, we're saying that God is worthy of all of our devotion. That God is worthy of everything that we can give Him. And truly, He is worthy of it. You see, uh, Eugene Pat Peterson said this. I like this quote on worship. He said, worship is an act that develops feelings for God not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. You see, uh, William Temple said this, he said, for worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by His holiness, the nourishment of mind with His truth, 
the purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose. And all of this is gathered up in adoration. See the word translated worship here in verse number five in the book of Genesis, it comes from a Hebrew word that means to bow down, to prostrate oneself. In the New Testament, worship comes from a word that means to kiss the hand in a token of reverence. It is an image of absolute love and complete trust and devotion. That is what worship is. People have many different ideas of what worship might look like. Something Someone might say that uh, worship can only be done in church. Going to church, to a church and sitting quietly while Religious exercises are being conducted. Someone might say that worship is a time of singing and preaching and testifying and shouting. But what is true worship? We might have someone that says, well, we really worshiped on Sunday. I mean, our pastor didn't even have the chance to preach. Well, was, did real worship happen? Someone might say, well, the pastor's words were so touching and everyone was uplifted and everyone was encouraged, but did genuine worship truly happen? We find in these verses, we are allowed to see a genuine worship lived out in the man by the name of Abraham. And in these verses and in this terrible time of testing in Abraham's life, Abraham shows us what true worship is. I want to examine these verses this morning and see how we can keep God first in worship. Number one, I see that it's going, it takes commitment. Worship and keeping God first in our worship takes commitment. Look at verse number two. The Bible says this, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. That's not something that you're jumped to obey, right? That's not something that you think would, would be immediate reaction. Okay, I got to get up to this mountain. I got to kill my son. But what we find in verse number five is, is he says this, and Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. You see, Abraham's life was marked by worship. In fact, we know, we understand that Abraham had, had just finished worshiping God in Beersheba in the previous chapter, chapter number 21 and verse number 33, the Bible says, and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Abraham was enjoying a, a, um, a, a wonderful time in his life, a prosperous time in his life. And what did he do? He went to Beersheba and worshiped God for it. He wanted to worship him. He made a, 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 an altar for him and, and worshiped God. He worshiped the, the Lord when times were good. We should worship God when times are good. But we find that this passage comes on, chapter number 22, and things begin to take a turn for the worse. Now he's told that he needs to go and sacrifice his only son, his promised son. And God and his ways are not making sense to Abraham, but in Abraham's most testing time in his life, he still worships God. You understand this morning that it's easy to worship God when times are good? It's easy for us to get up here and sing, I'm going to see the victory, right? When we're seeing the victory. 
It's easy for us to, to, to worship God when things are going well. But when things turn for the worse, that's when it's a little tougher. To worship it. Why? Because worship takes commitment. Worship takes commitment. You see, genuine worship looks beyond the present circumstances and sees a God who is still worthy of worship. You see, regardless of how life is going in our life, genuine worship sees a God who is in control of all things and all situations, and we bend our knee to Him. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. We can worship Him in times of difficulty. Why? Because all things work together for good. Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number seven, listen as I read this, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. This is Paul speaking. There was given to me for a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in necessities, and persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, for in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. You see, far too many people, far too many Christians are looking for an excuse not to worship. Right? We look at, we look at our own circumstances. We try to find an excuse of why we shouldn't worship. There is no excuse of why we shouldn't worship the King of Kings. There is no excuse, but it's going to take commitment to worship in the bad times. Yes, it's easy. We're not going to have that much of a problem in the good times, but it will take commitment in the bad times. Genuine worship sees the hand of God in all of life and loves Him through the good and also through the bad. You see, worship is committing your love to Him no matter what. Listen, do you keep God first in your worship? It's going to take commitment. It's going to take commitment. But not only that, we see number two, that worship, it takes obedience. It takes obedience. Look at verse number three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Now, can you imagine in this situation, he has just been told that, hey, I want you, God tells him, I want you to take your promised son, the promised seed, and I want you to take him up to an altar, and I want you to sacrifice him. I can't imagine those of us who have children, those of us who are close to children, can you imagine being told that you need to go and Take the life of your own child. But we understand here that, that God's command, it was hard. 
It was hard for him to understand, I'm sure. Yet it was absolutely clear. God said, go and take your son and sacrifice him. And Abraham, we didn't find here, he didn't hesitate. He didn't make excuses. Abraham could have very easily said, but God, this is the promised son. But God, there's not one excuse that Abraham makes. He rises up early in the morning, the Bible says, and he takes his son. You see, true, genuine worship takes obedience. It takes obedience. He did not seek excuses. He went. A true heart of worship, listen church, is marked by obedience. A true heart of worship is marked by obedience. John chapter 14, verse number 15 says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. John 14, verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. There's nothing, church, there's nothing that, to say that, that you love him more than doing what he tells you to do. Right? There's nothing more that says I love him than doing what he tells us to do. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. And he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. In chapter 5, he says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. You understand this, church, with the right motivation. Listen, every obedient moment toward God in our lives is an act of worship. With the, now, there's, there's the key at the beginning. With the right motivation. You understand you being here this morning and not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together and provoking one another unto love and to good works? You by being here in the right motivation for being here is a, is a direct act of worship toward God. Giving. When we give to, to, to God, when we give to the church, when we give of the first fruits of all of our increase, when we obey him in our giving, understand that is an act of worship. When we witness, the Bible tells us, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. When we witness and when we tell others about Jesus Christ, that is an act of worship. Studying the Bible, praying, praising God. Listen, a true heart of worship is marked by obedience, Christian. It takes commitment. It takes obedience. But number three, we also see that it takes separation. True worship takes separation. Look at verse number five. The Bible says this, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. What happens here? Abraham makes this journey. I don't know how long this journey was. He makes it with his son. They come to the foot of the mountain that God has told him to go and sacrifice his son. 
And Abraham knows that he needs to now drop all of the worries of the world, of his worldly possessions at the foot of the mountain. He needs to separate himself from his servants, from his cattle, from whatever he had. And he had to go just him and Isaac and God. He had to separate himself from those things. Abraham came ready to worship and he let others take care of his worldly matters. Understand, genuine worship shuts the world out and separates oneself to God. Genuine worship shuts the world out and separates oneself to God. Too often our personal worship is controlled by the world. Genuine worship should be, listen, the first priority on our list when we wake up each and every morning. Before we do anything else, we should worship our Creator. Jesus is our wonderful example of that. The Bible says many times in, in, in the Gospels, in Mark, it says, and in the morning, speaking of Jesus, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. He went and talked to God. And in, in, in chapter number six, verse 46, and when he had sent them away, speaking of his disciples, he departed into a mountain to pray. In John 6, 15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Jesus made it a point in his life to talk to the Father. In Psalm 5, verse number three, David was the same. He says, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Listen, understand today, church, that we are too busy not to pray. We are too busy in our life not to pray. And understand here, we understand here that it takes a separation. You understand that worldly concerns also control our public worship too? Listen to this. Worldly concerns often disrupt our public worship as well. When you come into church, when you come into church, Fellowship Baptist Church, members of fellowship, visitors of, of Fellowship Baptist Church, when you come into church, church is not a place to catch up on the latest gossip. Church is not a place that you come in, uh, listen, and, and check your social media. Church is not a place that you come in and, hey, I want to show off all my new fancy clothes. Church is not a place that we come in and, and look for fault. And we look, look to who, who, who we want to criticize and who we want to push down and look down on. Church is not a place to come and to cause trouble. Understand when we come into church, we are separating ourselves from the things of the world. And we're saying, Jesus, I want to focus on you and you alone this morning. Jesus is going to be first in my worship. I'm not coming to church for any other reason than to meet with my Savior, than to worship my Savior, than to uplift His name, to glorify His name. Jesus, You are going to be first. I'm going to separate myself from the cares of this world and for the worries of tomorrow. And it's all about You. Take separation. True worship of God is takes separation. It takes commitment. It takes obedience. Number four, it takes sacrificing. 
It takes sacrificing. Look at verse number six. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. You understand this isn't a fairy tale. This is true fact. God told a man to go to an altar and sacrifice his son. And Abraham was willing to sacrifice the promised son for God. We sit here and we say, well, why did God ask him to perform this human sacrifice? I mean, didn't God condemn this from the heathen? Didn't he tell them not to do this? I mean, why is he asking him to, to sacrifice his son? You understand, God did not want Isaac to die, but he wanted Abraham to sacrifice Isaac in his heart so it would be clear that Abraham loved God more than he loved his promised son. You see, Abraham was willing to sacrifice everything he had and everything he had been promised at the command of God. Abraham holds nothing back. And you understand that worship and why a lot of times true, genuine worship doesn't take place is because it's not cheap. Because it takes sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You understand this morning that that verse right there is the same in the same Bible that tells you how to be saved? That verse is in the same Bible that you believed on to, in order to have eternal life. And it says, hey, listen, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Luke 9, 23, and he said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Worshiping God is costly because it requires us to make sacrifices. Things like time. Sometimes we have to sacrifice time in order to truly worship. Things like plans. Sometimes we have to truly sacrifice some of our plans in order to truly worship. There's other things that we have in our lives like pleasures. Sometimes we have to sacrifice the pleasures of life to truly worship. Sin. Here's one, finances. You see, a lot of times I, I've seen, even in, in my own life, 
Sometimes it's easy for me to sacrifice time and even plans. One of the hardest things for me to sacrifice is my finances. Right? Some of the hardest things that it is for me to sacrifice is finances. And a lot of times we truly don't worship God like we should through our giving because we don't want to sacrifice. You see, in our world today, we budget, we budget what we what we budget, and then we say we'll give the rest to God. Right? Let me budget all this finances and let me budget all this money, and then whatever we have left over. Let's give to God. Church, sometimes it takes truly worshiping God. It it, it happens through our giving. Sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. You see, sometimes we have to take things to the mountain and place it on the altar. That is why so few genuinely worship God today is because it's not cheap. Genuine worship requires that everything of value be placed on the altar and given to God. Are you willing to sacrifice everything for God? It's easy for us to ask that question, isn't it? It's easy for us to even think about that, but are you willing to sacrifice everything for God? Because true, genuine worship requires sacrifice. But then lastly, we see that it it takes faith. It takes faith. Abraham did not know what was going to happen, did he? He was told of God to do this. He didn't know. But one thing that Abraham did have was faith. He said in verse number eight, as his son was asking, hey God, hey, hey dad, we have, we have all the wood and we have the, the knife and we have the fire. We have all of these things, but where's the lamb? Abraham didn't know where the lamb was going to come from. But he makes this statement. He says, I don't know, son, but God's going to provide himself a lamb. True worship requires, and it's going to take faith in our life. He had faith that it was going to happen, that God was going to take care of his son. He wasn't sure about it. He didn't know for sure, but he had faith that that God would take care of it. And we see in verse number 11, look what happens. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, uh, behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. You see, because of his faith, God provided himself a lamb. Because of his commitment, because of his obedience, because his separation, because of his sacrifice, God performed a miracle in his life. Wouldn't you say that Abraham truly saw God that day? Wouldn't you say that he truly met with God that day? Wouldn't you say that he truly worshiped God that day? In Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, 
It says this about Abraham, by faith, Abraham, when he was, was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He knew that his worship would not be in vain. Amen? He knew that his worship would not be in vain. And let me say this this morning. Our worship, it's going to take commitment. It's going to take obedience. It's going to take separation. It's going to take sacrifice and faith. But when we truly worship him, it will not be in vain. An unknown source said this. He said, worshiping God does not understand all of life. It is not pleased with every twist in the road. Genuine worship gives itself unreservedly to God in spite of the things it cannot comprehend. And it bows before him in the face of everything. Genuine worship knows that its earthly expression is merely practice for what will be perfected in heaven. You see, genuine worship bows before God. Why? Because it realizes who God is. What God, it realizes what God has done for us. And it realizes where the road of faith will end up. Genuine worship knows that the real miracle is that we are even allowed to worship the Creator in the first place. So how does this happen for Abraham? How is he able to truly worship God? What made all of this possible? I believe it was because of his availability. Look at verse number one. It says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. It all started with Abraham's availability to God. He was there. He was listening. He was ready to respond. You understand that God is seeking genuine worshipers today? God wants you and I to genuinely worship Him. The Bible says in John 4, verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Listen, are you truly keeping God first in your worship? Are you truly, genuinely worshiping Him each and every day. Listen, we don't need to gather in a building to worship God. I love that we can and, and also worship Him. But we don't have to gather in a building and worship Him. But ask yourself the question, am I willing to commit? Because true, genuine worship takes commitment, church. It takes Obedience. Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord? It takes separation. Are you willing to separate yourself from the things of this world, from the cares of this world, from the worries of tomorrow, and truly get alone with God? It takes sacrifice. It's not always cheap. And it takes faith. But understand that when we truly worship Him, 
it will not be, for, it will not be vain, in vain. It will not be in vain. I don't know about you, but I want to be that individual who truly worships the Father. Amen? And the Father is still seeking today who will worship. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.